Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of the podcast, Hard Times, Good Times. This is Toby, and today we have Anais in the house. Uh, she's going to talk about her cafe, dining, and anything else she's up to. Hey Anais, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. And you? Good, good, good. Thank you for coming. Let's just get straight to uh, what you're up to, right? Like, you, I know you started a cafe, you did some online things a new online adventure and at some point you didn't have the money and you really just wanted to get your food out there so what's going on what's uh, the first thing you were doing how did we get to this yes um well actually last year i was sales and marketing assistant uh, for a big company that uh, built power plants um that was my job for like two years and uh, during that job, I realized that I really missed cooking a lot. And even though I have a marketing education and, and communication, um, I'm just passionate about food, actually. So um, I started cooking for a colleague, actually, uh, for her birthday. And uh, yeah, she just gave me the idea, actually, to do that in the weekend, to cook for people's birthday and activities. And uh, it worked really well. And that's where I started with my project, uh, Anais Dining. Um, so you have the idea from uh, your friend, actually, you just initially just had this little request of food and it just grew from there. Yes. Yeah. I, it was just a colleague. I was telling her about how much I miss cooking uh, on the daily. And, uh, and then she told me, oh, but actually, uh, what about cooking at people's place? Because I, I, I never tried it before. And I told her, oh, I'm not sure. And then she told me, oh, but it's actually because it's my birthday next month. So maybe you could cook for my birthday. And then I said, oh, yeah, let's try. <laughs> and uh, actually, it went really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, you actually started just with that birthday. But before that, you, I think I uh, remember you telling me that you, you didn't really know how to cook before, like decently before any of this, right? You just taught yourself how to cook. Yes, I mean, I have also some uh, uh, kitchen experience. I worked in different restaurants. So, um, yeah, if we go backward, then it's really when I was 18 that I started working as dishwasher and then cook. But it was while in the um, at the same time that I was studying. So at that time, my uh, ambition was not to be a cook, but to be a marketer or, yeah, I, I whatever in my field um but yeah after i found my first job which was that job at sales and marketing assistant uh then i realized that i really missed cooking and cooking was actually a student job at the time but it ended up being what i really like uh but cooking for people at people's place that's something i had no experience and uh I tried it for the first time at my colleagues and actually I felt really comfortable and, and it went uh, really good. Mm. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so you started with uh, specific dishes or was it more uh, your, your menu just grew out of what they requested for you or something that you wanted to give your personal touch to? Yes, I was trying to, to first, I didn't want it to make it too complicated for myself. So I was only cooking things I was really comfortable with. Um, and then also, of course, with what the customer liked. And then I started developing more menus and different, yeah. Now I think I have around 10 different menus on my website, uh, which comes from three course menu to five or even six, seven. 
um, and uh, and of course, if a, if a customer wants something completely different, now I'm much more open to to offer that because I'm I'm really confident with my my cooking techniques and and uh, and I'm not afraid to look recipes online or I mean I follow also you know Gordon Ramsay and yeah, I, yeah. I also learn on masterclass. I was watching all of the cooking masterclass, so I'm really much more comfortable cooking things that that are new um yeah <laughs> did you feel like you had a lot of problems with that back in the day when you first started cooking yeah yeah because i started in a belgium restaurant so i was just very comfortable with with that comfort uh, food from namur and uh, here in denmark i had to learn more to do yeah seafood and salmon and all kind of uh, different techniques and also work more on the presentation um because in in in, in here, I think it's uh, the presentation is very important. So I had to learn to improve my technique. And, um, but yeah, I'm really happy of being able to improve. And I'm actually also planning to go to, I don't know if I told you that, uh, to go to a culinary school in France. Um, oh, no, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> so what's your plan with that? Yeah, I was planning to go in October uh, last year. And uh, I paid it already and everything. Uh, but then I actually got the cafe. <laughs> so um, I decided to, to suspend it and do it later. I mean, the, the school, it uh, programmed those courses several times per year. So I will go later this year. And then, of course, with Corona now, it's not possible. Yeah, absolutely. But as soon as it's possible, I will go, yeah. So you, you got this idea from... Uh, wanting to start your cafe already, or was it either the cafe or you go there? Like, did you already did you already have the cafe in mind when you were thinking about the uh, university or the school? Uh, no, because the school. I mean, I'm 28 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, or you mean this this uh, gastronomic school? Yeah, that one, that one. So, did you have did you have that already in mind when you were thinking of the cafe? And then yes, I, I applied to both of them at the same time because at that time it was last summer. That's the time I realized that I have to quit my job and I have to do what I love. So I thought either I educate myself, either I go into this cafe project, but I need to get out of this routine and and really do what I love on the daily because that's what makes me happy. I was every week waiting for the weekend to cook for customers and Monday to Friday just in the office. Yeah waiting for the weekend to come so um, I applied to both of them and I got accepted to both of them and uh, so that was really crazy I was really happy <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> yeah, I but it imagine. was crazy because I paid the school and the same evening I received the, the message from the commune where I live that I also was getting the cafe so I was like wow what's happening <laughs> yeah so that, that's the point where you really had to choose mm. Yeah, I had to choose, but at the end, of course, the cafe is a big responsibility and it was a very new thing to me. I never run a cafe before. So uh, I, of course, decided to stay to to start the project and to work with my team and train them. And later, of course, because the course is a one month uh, intensive course. So later on, I, I will be able to go and leave my team uh, working in the cafe but at the very beginning, it was not a good idea. So that's why I suspended it. It's not that I will not do it, but I will just do it later when it's the right time. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you listen to to the listeners here, uh, if you listen to the first episode, you know how Yelmer's story went out to how he started building his team. For you specifically, because uh, you're obviously you're close to Yelmer, <laughs> <laughs> how did that work out for you? How did you start building your team from just from start? Like you, you had the cafe set. How did you start and go out to find your team? Uh, yes, actually, I posted um, my um, job offer on Facebook, LinkedIn. And uh, then um, I had, uh, yeah, your girlfriend. <laughs> so the yeah. girlfriend of one of my friends yeah. who is uh, also having experience and uh, who wanted to, to take the opportunity. So that was really nice. And then three more uh, employees that I didn't know. So she was the only person that I kind of knew. And the other are completely new, but uh, it worked uh, really well. I mean, right now I have uh, one employee that left because he found a better opportunity due to that we are closed. But otherwise, um, yeah, it um, it just needed time, of course, because it was a completely new cafe with a new uh, structure and menu. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, now I think we are quite uh, on point. <laughs> well, sadly, right now the cafe is closed because of the lockdown here in Denmark. But uh, I wanted to ask you actually uh, a couple of times and I, I kept forgetting, but right now is like the perfect time to ask you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we're both from Belgium. You're from the French part of Belgium. I'm from the Dutch part of Belgium. Mm. Did you already have an idea when you were back in Belgium before you moved here? Like, I want to start a cafe. No, never. Because, But I think it's a cultural thing because in Belgium like things seem like impossible to achieve. I mean, I don't know if it's something that you get to learn to not be too ambitious or that things are not so easy in life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, in Belgium, I think we really have more a mentality of being an employee. We don't have an, an, a mentality of being an entrepreneur and of making your own project and, and going forward. And um, even my friends in Belgium, they are really surprised of how far I've gone and uh, and how I started, that I started just cooking at people's place here and there. I mean, in Belgium, it would have been really hard. I, I know there are some platforms that offer it, but it's not as um, as advanced as here in Denmark. And you cannot make that much money either. Like, I mean, taxes are so much more complicated. It's so hard to be a half employee and half um, independent. Like I was here for two years. I was half having a job and half having my business. And here in Denmark, everything is so much more easy. Like, yeah, uh, in terms of tax and, and everything. So, no, in Belgium, I simply had the mentality of, yeah, going to the university to then finding a job and buy a house and that's it. Yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always was really, I'm a bit a kind of bossy person. I like to have my own business. I like to manage my own life. Um, but I didn't imagine it so possible back then. And then when I moved here, I saw it being possible because... I've seen all the opportunities that are here and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it was also like that. Uh, just seeing, you know, when I first entered Denmark and all uh, and Yelmer showed me around and then at that moment, I already realized like, 
wow, so so much opportunity that you don't realize in Belgium. Like in Belgium, uh, I think they would rather have you sit in a, a cubicle and have this really like corporate hierarchy inside of the business and, and you just have to deal with it. I also think personally that people here in Denmark are way more open-minded to try something or to be like, hey, this is really cool, let's do it, compared to in Belgium. I think people are way more close-minded in Belgium. Um, also, sometimes recently I've been talking to some of my friends back in Belgium and the mentality shift that I've gone through just moving here, being here for at least a year now, is so different that for me it shocks that that I'm realizing that I was thinking like that two years ago when I was still <laughs> living in Belgium. Right? I think, do you have the same kind of feeling like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, of course, sometimes also I'm I'm so optimistic. Sometimes I argue with my friends there because we don't agree on how life is, how everything is possible, that you just got to want it to get it. And because, I mean, there, there are more uh, barriers, I think, than here. I think it's society in general and and that everybody has a bit this kind of mindset that things are not possible or that, um, I don't know. And especially for young people. I mean, here I was so surprised to see young people under 25 to manage shops, to manage cafes. I mean, in in Belgium, you'll never see that. Managers are always old in Belgium. They never trust young people to, yeah. to do, to have a high, uh, yeah. Um, so, of course, uh, but, but I don't know. I always had a little drive in me, so it's not, um, I, I was not so negative, but when I see people, yeah, then I'm I'm like yeah wow it's crazy but I know it's society in general it's not their fault it's not your fault or my fault it's how it's built and even education and everything uh, because I, I mean here you're way more pushed to try whatever you want to try uh, and to fail and then to try again I'm, I mean I, I tried different concepts before I was also selling cupcakes for a year that was the first project I had. Yeah, to I remember. <laughs> yeah, but when I really wanted to try to do something on my own and make money and pay tax. And it didn't work that great. I mean, in, in Denmark, people are not crazy about cupcakes. But at least I was happy because that's the project that gave me the, uh, excuse the term, but the balls to actually make business, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and absolutely. Yeah, and then I just went further and further and I realized, but actually I can cook, but yeah, this is nice. And I make much more money than when I was making cupcakes and it's much more, uh, yeah, profitable and and working much better. So I'm happy I actually took that step of making that little project and that I failed and then that I moved on. Uh, so that's a, a lot of steps that people don't do in our country, in Belgium, unfortunately, which is yeah. they employee and of course i mean it's not horrible to be an employee if you're happy about it fine but i know not everybody is happy about it and it's just hard to get out of the of of that yeah status yeah that that like kind of environment right because i I feel like when i mean it's obvious that if you're still in that environment of this everyone having an employee mindset then mm. you're 99 percent uh having the same thoughts <laughs> as them if they're all around you like if someone yeah. says you can't do it when people keep saying that you can't do it uh you just subconsciously start thinking that you can't do it unless you just get like 
get your ass out there and just actually totally ignore those thoughts or uh, maybe even uh, as far as if you, you have to go you have to block those people out of your life and just get more positivity uh mm-hmm. for your own sanity right there can be people of course who are super happy just being the customer service person in a cubicle that is super mm-hmm. fine for them uh but i feel like there's this really big shift of depression right now during uh, corona where everyone starts actually realizing like oh my job was maybe not so uh secure so just to, to continue on your uh, cafe how how did you start it how did you find that specific spot right there next to farm stadium like how did you find that right there which is quite a cool location actually yeah actually i was really lucky because i do live in farum and uh, the cafe is like one kilometer and a half from where I live. Um, actually, I was last year when I was doing my dining, um, you know, I, I was I started cooking for a limit of up to 20 people because in my house, my kitchen is a bit too small. And then I started looking in a Facebook group uh, cooks in Denmark. I was looking for a restaurant that want to share their kitchen or to rent it in case I have to cook for more people. Um, and then I actually found someone who has a cafe in a swimming pool in another city close to here. And then he explained me a little bit the business, how it works, and uh, that actually those cafes in swimming pools, they are from the commune, so you have to pay a fee. And it's, it's much uh, lower than if you would open a cafe or restaurant in the city uh, because it's not yours you don't have to buy the inventory and everything everything belongs to the government and you just pay a little fee so the the business model seemed really interesting and he told me he was really happy about it and uh, yeah he had customer i mean when you have a cafe inside a swimming pool or um a sports center. I mean, people after they do sport, of course, they're hungry, so they come and they they eat and they drink. So it's a really great location. Yeah. And um, after that, so I kept that in mind, but I never really thought. My aunt once told me also, oh, but maybe you could do that yourself. And I was like, oh yeah, but maybe it's complicated because it's from the government. I don't know how to apply. <laughs> I was, you know, a bit in denial. Like, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, even though when you're positive, sometimes you're still afraid of opportunities and, and doing things. Um, but then in the summer, before the summer in May, I saw it in the newspaper, actually. I read that the Commune of Farum is looking for a new uh, cafe manager for the cafe of, of the swimming pool and that the applications are open, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, but this is the opportunity. And so I went on the website and I applied directly. And uh, yeah, and then we, I got called for interview and it went really good. I think we were three or four participants and they, they chose me. So I was oh, that's really amazing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was really happy. Uh, you also did a form at some point. You were asking people like, hey, what can we improve about our cafe? That was, I yes. think, uh, two months in, right? When you wanted to ask about the menu? Yeah, a few months. Yeah, because I, I changed uh, the menu. I, I did my own. Uh, I, of course, implemented some Danish dishes, but also dishes... Uh, of my own, like um, chicken with the rice with mice and uh, rice with corn and salad and stuff like that. 
Um, and yeah, it was a bit to hear what people thought about the menu, if something should be different. Um, at that time, I didn't have a weekly dish. So that's something that almost everybody said, like, oh, we should have a weekly dish with different dishes. So I did that and, and then it worked really well. And yeah, I think I will do that again. I mean, now we're closed, unfortunately, but a few months after we open again, I will do again. I, I think it's really important to ask your customers what they want and, yeah, yeah. and what they like or not. Uh, there were some things they were telling me, for example, that the, the candies were too expensive. And I mean, I didn't really have experience actually on pricing candies <laughs> because I never sold that myself. So it's true that later I, I understood and I listened to them and I reduced the prices of my candies and I added some uh, yeah, other options like muesli bars. And so it was really good yeah, to improve my uh, what I had in the counter and the prices and the offer so I can offer what they actually want to buy. Is there uh, one dish that you didn't expect to be not liked by everyone here in Denmark? That Like one dish that you put on the menu where like, oh, people, I'm, I'm super proud of this dish. People will definitely buy this. And then like maybe two people bought it and you had to like take it off the menu or something. I have that a bit with my uh, uh, Linz above. It's like a, a lentil spatty. The thing is that I really wanted to have a vegetarian option, but I was told that in in this swimming pool, like this kind of uh, customers, they are not really vegetarian. So um, it's, it doesn't work that good. But I think so that next year, because I want to change the menu once a year. Yeah. So yeah. in September, I will do maybe like a, a vegetable stew maybe um, a chickpea stew or I don't know, maybe something that's a little bit more creamy with rice and something like that. So I have to see if it's because it's vegetarian or if it's because the patty gets boring <laughs> uh, because it's the same patty every week. It's part of my stick uh, dishes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh... I was kind of glad when I was still a vegetarian to have that on your menu because there wasn't many, there weren't many options uh, that yeah, I could choose from. I also from, have a vegetarian but, sandwich. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm really I I tried both I think and I'm really happy that I tried them because they were they were just really good. Uh, <laughs> I think I think honestly most of your dishes are really good, mm. uh, but Denmark, you know, it's a meat country. People want the meat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. And one dish that surprised me that I make as a weekly dish is the bola ikari. It's something that Danes love. I mean, when I have that on the menu, I really, I sell out everything I have. So I think that also on my next year menu, I will have it as a stick dish because it's really a dish people love here. <laughs> Do you think it's a dish that is like standard here in Denmark? Yeah, I think so. And that kids also like, it's really a dish that kids and parents uh, like. I mean, my boyfriend loves it also. Every time I make it, they want to eat it every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, personally, I'm not a fan, <laughs> but uh, I know that people here really love it. Is there one dish? I, I've already asked this, but more specifically in context, uh, one uh, one dish that Maybe you sold through Anais Dining or through your cafe or before with Cupcake that you are super proud of. Like, oh shit, I'm cut this far, you know? Mm, I wouldn't say a dish, I would say a menu. 
Uh, it's my my uh, I have a deluxe menu with five uh, cores, and uh, actually, it's after one customer asked me to cook her, I think seven course menu, and she gave me the idea, and late, later I reduced it to five and put it on my website. And actually, I'm surprised because it's the most expensive menu, but it's the menu I sold the most uh, last winter. And uh, it's the menu that I received the most, uh, like uh, positive reviews on, on yeah, my yeah. website. And yeah, I'm really proud of being able actually to to offer this kind of, of experience because it's a menu that has so many dishes that it actually takes a long time. Uh, so when you have a, like a, a great moment to celebrate, then you really can enjoy during three hours of different dishes coming and coming and coming. And people really love it. And I also really love the combination of taste and the presentation also. Is that something that you worked on for, uh, let's say, like three months, like coming up with this whole menu? Or was that maybe like, oh, maybe I should add this dish, like randomly at some points. And then at, at some point in time, you were like, oh, we can make this like a whole menu. All of these five dishes I came up with over the last month or something. Yeah, I I think it's uh, like I told you, it was after I cooked for this woman who asked me for a seven course menu and she came with the <laughs> seven idea. Seven course. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. It's It was, let me see, there was a pasta, but of course the portion are not huge, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, some uh, ravioli with mushroom and then it was a tartare, a beef tartare, then a sorbet then um, beef with potato and, and vegetables and then a dessert and then cheese <laughs> so yeah it was really a lot <laughs> so like <laughs> small dishes but it yeah. didn't take you too long but maybe it took like three hours for them to eat like was it like a really long feast or was it just they just wanted like seven different things yeah, when I do seven course like that, it's one at a time, of course. And I also have to prepare each dish. So I think there is minimum 20 minutes between each dish. Yeah. Let's go back to your cafe. Where exactly is it located? How can people find your cafe? It's in Farum, in the swimming pool. It's also next to the stadium, the football stadium. So, yeah, I think when I say the football stadium, then people yeah. should go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's around like a 20-minute walk-ish. From the state. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called uh, Anaïs Hydrette's Café. And uh, my other business is called Anaïs Dining, uh, where I'm also offering takeaway at the moment. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the, the website is also uh, the same? It's two different websites. What are what are the websites so people can just easily find listening? It's uh, Anaïs Hydrette's Café point DK and the other one Anaïs Dining dot DK. All right. About your Anaïs Dining... Uh, were you still heavily involved in that when you started your cafe? Yes, actually, I think the first month of September, I closed my calendar so I could really focus on the cafe because it was, you know, a lot of changes and, and yeah, a new routine. But uh, from October, I started having orders again and until December, because in Denmark, it's uh, the season of uh, Yule of Rokost. And uh, even though it was Corona, there were still a lot of orders of, of less amount of people than last year. I mean, it was groups of 10 people or less, uh, but still I was busy, especially in December, every weekend I was cooking. And then Natalia had to stay in the kitchen on every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> so, I remember that. Uh, there was a, 
It was quite late, mm-hmm. I hope. But I'm glad because, you know, your cafe also needs to keep uh, its sanity, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you yeah. can put it like that. About your cafe, again, <laughs> I know I'm switching back and forth, but it's it's coming <laughs> to my mind from time to time. What is like one big takeaway that you learned when Corona hit? Because it hit twice. Here in Denmark, it hit twice so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were the victim <laughs> of the mm-hmm. second uh, lockdown. What is one big takeaway for you that you learned from sustaining your cafe through that lockdown? Well, sustain my cafe. I mean, my cafe depends a lot on the on the swimming pool activities. So um, at the moment, I don't really have the possibility to to sustain it. I mean, if the swimming pool was open, I could still, you know, keep it open and sell, even though people couldn't sit. Uh, but at the moment, it's not. Uh, it's un- unfortunately, it's not located in a place where I could still open and and try to to sell because it's very far from from everything so it really lives from people that come to to sport uh, in the sports center and in the pool but luckily the the commune has been really nice with me and they haven't been um, charging the the rent so at the moment i i only have to care about myself you know financially luckily it's not a big uh, cost the cafe luckily so what i have been doing for myself well at the moment i'm helping my boyfriend with his uh, business i'm working part-time for him and i'm doing some uh, takeaway uh, some nice dining gourmet takeaway once a week and uh, actually it started pretty good i started this uh, valentine's day and i already got uh, 12 orders so i'm really happy because i i set myself a goal of having at least 10 order and i got 12 and there is still two days to go to to still sell so i'm really happy about that so you had 12 orders just for valentine's yeah. day so tw- 12 12 oh, that's people amazing. yeah so that's really nice uh, I also actually it's something that I feel stupid I didn't do before it's I, I just started doing email marketing for my business <laughs> I mean my boyfriend is the pro of email marketing and during this whole time I didn't consider a single second to do it and I have a list of happy yeah. customer who you know were happy with what I've been cooking for them so of course it's much easier to sell to to people who already tried my food and and liked it and it worked yeah <laughs> Okay, so for all the listeners right now, uh, first episode, if you haven't listened, go listen to it. It's about all of that email marketing from Yelmer. And well, Anais now is also doing it. So, you know, there, there's, I only see uh, possibilities with email marketing. I'll say like a lot of people that I know, they could actually use some email mm-hmm. marketing. Anais is having a nice time with their email marketing <laughs> now. Go check it out if you haven't listened. It's Fliss Email Marketing. It's the first episode. This is the second episode. And this is Anais with Anais Eteretz Cafe and Anais Dining. What's your next thing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to work, so th- that's what I'm doing at the moment, working part-time for my boyfriend and doing uh, takeaway in the weekend. And uh, other than that, actually, I took this time to actually take care of myself. I mean, the last lockdown, I was really down, <laughs> I think, like everybody and gaining a lot of weight and, yeah, just hoping that the time flies and that this is finally over. But it's still not over. <laughs> uh, so this year, I really realized that I have to actually take care of myself and uh, and I and, and I have to stop waiting for tomorrow and later and later. 
I have had problem with my weight for a long time. And, uh, and now that I have plenty of time, it's the moment actually to take care of it and to take care of re-educating myself uh, with my eating habits and, uh, and taking care of myself. Yeah, what I have been doing the last years, I have been so busy constantly that I just, yeah, put that completely on the side. And now I really focus on that, on walking every day, on eating healthy. I mean, when you're a cook, of course, I can cook anything. But um, yeah, I mean, cooks tend to eat a bit unhealthy and eat too much. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So, but now I'm actually taking the time to cook healthy things uh, to myself and uh, it's working really well. I mean, I'm, I'm already started losing weight and I'm feeling much better and much happier also because I, I feel productive on, on a personal level. Because, of course, life is not only about business and making money. There is also a lot of other aspects in life. Uh, you know personal and yeah I mean also relationships and uh, at the moment I want to take care of myself actually and at the start I was really really sad that my cafe closed but now I, I won't say I'm happy <laughs> that it closed but yeah. I'm taking the positive side of it and I'm grateful that actually I have this moment of my life to actually take care of myself and finally make this move I, I had to move make for a long time. I feel like a lot of people actually have this issue of they get so caught up in you know doing everything that they want to do every day that they sometimes forget to. I, I've been I've been affecting myself. You know, you have had it. Yelmer said it. Mm. Everyone gets it at some point where you just get so busy with everything you want to do that you forget to like take a moment and breathe or put aside some rest time or uh, maybe start reading a book you wanted to read for yeah. maybe fifteen months at this point. You know, like. <laughs> And actually go and do it. And I'm finally doing that. I'm finally reading, I'm walking, I'm training, I'm eating what I should. And I feel so much better, actually, in my mind uh, yeah. and with my body also. Are you taking anything mindfulness-wise? Like uh, an example would be meditation uh, medita or no, yoga? I'm no, I'm not doing meditation yet, but I'm, I'm reading book. I'm reading one book. It's about habits. I think it's called The Atomic Habits mm -hmm. or something oh, like that's, that. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, a great book. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice because I think that's my problem. I, I, I really work uh, my life. I'm constantly on, on automatic pilot and yeah, I've, especially with eating. And now I really want to learn to, to take the right decisions. Um, so it's a really great book, actually. I, I realized how much I do without realizing how many actions in the day we take without thinking. Yeah. It's our subconscious that take those decisions. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of time to change habits, actually, because you need to think a lot. It's, a, it's almost, I was comparing it to like learning to drive. When you know how to drive, like now when I drive back home, the last 10 minutes, I'm, I'm like unconscious. And then when I'm home, I'm like, wow, I'm already home <laughs> because my brain do it itself. And I'm not, you know, thinking so much. But when you learn to drive, oh, my God, you have to think so much constantly, every step and this, that, because it's something completely new. So um, it's the same with everything in, in life, like with working, with yeah, eating, everything now for example with working i'm able for example to work 10 12 hours in a row 
cooking and I, I don't get tired because I'm very productive and, and very um, yeah used to to work mm -hmm. as hard and as long and it's not a problem for me and uh, I want to have that with myself also of being able to, to yeah to take time for myself to read to walk to to do anything that is good for me because I I actually had back problem lately <laughs> I started having a, a hernia and uh, and that's when I realized that yeah I really have to take care of myself I cannot uh, continue just work 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 and then maybe then if I break my back or something and I cannot work anymore then I'm I'm in a big problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was like your tipping point of like I, I read it somewhere in a book or an article where you have like this tipping point of where you get absolutely sick of something that you just automatically get so much motivation to start doing something about it that you just go and start doing something about it mm. so I watched the game design masterclass from will rise from the sims yeah. that gave me a lot of value but i actually realized only after that oh gordon ramsay has this class and yeah. Hans simmer has this uh film scoring class and then all of these like professionals and uh, i recently found out like christina aguilera has a singing class yeah and when you get to learn from someone who is such an expert at that mm -hmm. that just you just automatically feel grateful that that's existing <laughs> mm -hmm. like you can go and actually learn from the super 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 pros yeah, not just from really uh, some people who actually think they're pros uh, mm -hmm. if I could put it like that is there any other masterclass next that you would like to attend? No I'm just looking forward to go to this culinary school in France because that will be more practical I mean I loved masterclass it was really great but it's online you know and Cooking is very practical, uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to go to that school and, and learn techniques I don't know yet, yeah, yeah. or improve techniques I have, um, because they also have it's a school at um, a one Michelin star level, so it's it's really really great. So it's divided in 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 cooking and pastry, and I think it's really great because I mean French pastry is really like the the, the basics. You know, cooking baguette and croissant and yeah, chocolates and all kind of things. Is there anything that you feel like you're lacking in your skills of cooking that you would love to be able to just do it without thinking? Yeah, I'm a little bit less comfortable with uh, fishes and meat. I mean, I, I I can do them, but I'm not a pro pro. I think I'm better at, at dessert, for example, and starters. But main course, I could improve a little bit the my techniques and, and my plating also. So that's something I'm really looking forward. Okay, so let, let's just run it up here. I think it was really nice. Also for everyone else, check it out. When the lockdown's over, it's such a different experience than what you might be used to in the city center of Copenhagen. It's a bit outside of the city center. It takes about, uh, from Neuport, it takes about half an hour, I, th I believe. 25 mm -hmm. minutes, half an hour by Estor. Uh, It's the mm -hmm. um, B train, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and then you have like a 15 to 20 minute walk in actually a really nice area. It's full of uh, greenery and all of that good stuff. <laughs> It actually feels really fresh. To be honest, just to quickly hop in, the air here in Denmark is amazing mm. compared to in Belgium. <laughs> I always had this this moment whenever I went into uh, into Denmark, I could just breathe, you know, and then I get back in Belgium and then my nose is stuffy <laughs> <laughs> and all of that stuff. But yeah. once you're like around these areas like Farum or, or something yeah, uh, there is much more, more against the water, it mm -hmm. feels so refreshing. It's amazing. 
<laughs> so yeah, check check out Anais. It's on our website, anaiseetreitzcafe.deco, anaisedining.deco. Uh, anywhere else that people can find you, Facebook, maybe Instagram? Yeah, I also have Facebook for both business. So um, uh, Anais Dining, uh, Private Chef, and the other one, anaiseetreitzcafe. And I also have Instagram for Anais Dining, Private Chef. <laughs> Thank you, Anais, for being on the podcast. And uh, I'm super hyped about what what else you're up next. (laughs) Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Next week, we have Alex Kimber with HankPod. It's a solution for climbing, uh, outdoor living, indoor living. So I'm super hyped to talk to him about it. See you next week. Stay positive.